podcast i'm your host nisa nairu uh it's been a minute since i've done one of these i've been like super busy with uh you know university and work and all bunch of other things you know family stuff and all this and all that but i'm back you know after a long long hiatus and what a time to <laughs> come back you know in the middle of the conference finals but you know i'm here and um i've got a few things to talk about i was contemplating doing one just over the rounds but nothing i didn't really have much of an opinion on anything really and then all this a lot of stuff happened over the past few days it is currently uh wednesday the 17th of may so uh my time we are an hour away as of this recording from the denver lakers series i'm not going to preview that too much because uh i don't have much time uh got to do a few things but i figured i'd just talk about the stuff that has happened uh mainly three things um, I want to talk about Doc Rivers, the most recent news, Doc Rivers getting fired. I want to talk about the Warriors and their future because they have a lot of questions to answer. And I'm also uh, interested in talking about the um, the Monty Williams firing because I think that one was weird because I think there's so many threads on that one uh, where it just, you. C- I kind of, I feel like I want to talk, I want to talk about it and give my thoughts. But, I will also just say what I was probably going to talk about, but eventually said, nah, John Morant, I'm done. I'm not going to, I don't want to talk about it. It's sad. It's, it's unfortunate. It's embarrassing. Uh, It's also, I don't want to talk about it because it strays away from actual basketball. Talks about larger issues at hand and I don't want to talk about that too much. And uh, I think that was the only big thing that was, I really didn't really want to talk about that is big news at the moment but uh yeah uh before i uh, continue follow this podcast uh at uh on spotify where we get your podcasts uh not on apple music not uh not yet apple podcasts uh follow me at on twitter at niesmeister n-e-e-s-m-e-i-s-t-e-r that's at uh at twitter at niesmeister so uh i just woke up uh, well, I woke up a few hours ago, and I hop onto my phone, and I see that Doc Rivers has been fired. So, I was talking about this with uh, some friends and my family, and we kind of all were in agreement. Well, except for one friend who is a Philadelphia slash James Harden fan, but he said that Doc will probably get fired. Or he said he probably should get fired. Everyone else I talked to, mainly my ma, my pa, my brother, and a few other people I talked to, they said, Doc Rivers should not get fired. I was in agreement with that. Because Doc Rivers is, uh, I think he is a good coach. I don't think he's a great coach. I think he's overrated. That That 2008 championship is held on very highly in his resume, which is, you know, amazing. Again, you were a champion, but that was when 2023, that was 15 years ago. And you haven't got to a conference finals since. Oh no, you've been to the finals. Oh, you know, you got to the finals uh, in 2010. My bad, my bad. You haven't had any championship experience since you haven't been to a conference final since 2012, I think. I could be wrong, but in recent memory, like you couldn't get to the conference finals with the Clippers, you had three years with the 
Philadelphia 76ers and you've blown it in the second round all three years. You've also blown multiple 3-1 leads and all that stuff. But his resume doesn't... I assume that probably played a factor in Daryl Morey saying, sorry, Doc. Hey, what's up, Doc? You gone. You know? <laughs> now, this is interesting because the 76ers collapsed as usual. Like in historic fashion they go into Bo- they up 3-2 on Boston Jason Tatum plays the worst three quarters of basketball of his life then probably plays one of the best quarters of his life in game 6 and drags them to force game 7 and uh i said uh i told everyone that i knew i said with when the sixers were 3-2 i said if the sixers lose game 6 the series is over and they will lose game 7 in boston i was right now, for those listening, you'll probably don't believe me because I didn't say this on a podcast, even though I wanted to, but I didn't have time. But that is what I said. I was right because there's no way James, uh, Jason Tatum could have a bad game like that again. And he didn't. He set the record for the most points in a game seven. That was... Uh, broken again a week I uh, was broken previously sorry like about two weeks ago two and a half weeks ago by Steph against the Kings so that prestigious two-week record is gone and now belongs to Jason Tatum with a 51 piece in a game seven phenomenal stuff which is funny because he didn't really need 51 they were killing them they go through a stretch in the third quarter where it's like they have 55 like 50 uh I can't remember the score because I didn't actually watch the game. I just saw the last quarter. It was too early for me to get up and watch in New Zealand here. But I do know that in that quarter, the Sixers, in the third quarter, the Sixers scored uh, 10 points and Boston scored 33 points. That's unacceptable in a game seven, man. And Doc probably called timeouts and the Sixers just couldn't execute. So I did watch the highlights. I watched uh, a few stretches of the game, just like quarter, like, I just I kind of watched the whole game in pieces uh, section. I just watched like quarter by quarter go aheads, and James Harden just didn't want to be there, man. I'm putting all of the no, I'm not putting all those on James Harden actually because I expect this from James Harden again. Why they would have blo- why I said they would have lost Game Seven is because James Harden. I don't know why people. If you're surprised at this point by James Harden failing to show up when his team needs him most, that's on you. It's not even on Harden anymore. James Harden sucks in in when the when the lights are brightest he doesn't show up at all. Now, you know, Harden stands Harden fans want to say he he gave us 40 uh twice. Yeah, that's cool, but uh just, you know, just because I'll, you need to see if he because I'm mumbling. If he can do it, why can't he do it again? This guy's a top 75 player according to, you know, that list. He's an uh, an MVP, one of the greatest scorers in the history of the game. And you can only put up nine points in a game seven when there's not even like, there's nothing to do with X's and O's. It's all just swing and hit. It's a, you know, this, the, it's a it's a bloodbath now where you, you understand everything about your opponent and it's just, all right, let's just throw it. We'll throw the kitchen sink at each other and whoever wins, you know, whoever comes out of it, comes out of it. Embiid, I'm going to put most of this on you because you have been crying about that MVP for a long time. 
you were not my MVP personally, and there's not a shot at Embiid. I think you know I'm happy him. He got he got the award, deservedly. But if I in my uh, uh, unofficial vote, my MVP was Giannis, and the Joker is my second favorite player. But Embiid is uh, Embiid was second on that list, and I put Joker third because you know Joker kind of fell not fell off, but you could see he didn't really care, and his playing showed it. He was uh, didn't really play to the level of, of MVP Jokic towards the end and was just, you know, pacing himself, I guess, for this. So, Embiid, you finally got your award, but with that award comes expectations, comes responsibility. Your responsibility is to perform at an elite level when you are needed the most. And I will give you a slight pass because you were injured. That's it. I'm giving you, like, a slight pass. In the blame pie of all of this, uh, I'm going to give Embiid 50% of the blame. Harden and Doc can split the rest, 25 each. Because people would say, well, Tobias Harris, Tyus Maxey didn't show up. Tobias Harris, this, I feel bad for Tobias Harris, and I used to blame him a lot because I was a huge Ben Simmons fan. So I used to slight Ben Simmons a lot, throw it on, you know, put all the corn on uh, Tobias Harris to hold. And this guy, they when you watch the Sixers, they don't really run sets for him. And out of timeouts, they might run a play for Tobias Harris, but that's it. In the half court, there are no sets for Tobias Harris. When Tobias Harris gets the ball, it is a, oh, I've been doubled, or oh, I can't get my shot off. Here, you have the ball. There's like seven seconds on the clock. You do something with it. And that's what he has to do. And he's a, you know, he's a great uh, shooter as 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 a jump shooter, his efficiency is very good. As a, uh, he's not the best playmaker, and because of his position, his responsibility now is to also guard the best wings on every team, or two of the best, you know, two of the best wings on each on on every team, especially in this Boston series where the two best players happen to be wing players. So Embiid, you gonna hold this one, bro? It is disappointing because you are now the first MVP, officially the first MVP to have never made a conference finals. And I am also very annoyed with Embiid because you can't go up on the podium as the MVP, as the best player. And when you suck and you clearly were giving lackluster effort, bro, you are an elite shot blocker, rim protector, and Jason Tatum is literally running past you and gliding past you for easy uh, uh, sh- uh, layup line sh- layups, you know, like practice layups, dude. What? What? Uh, were you tired? Because if you are tired, that's on you. Like we know you are injury prone. We know your body isn't as um uh what's the word uh as long standing. The word I can't think of the word durable. There we go. Your body isn't as durable as other guys, and that's fine. But in a game seven, dude, you have to be you. You have to try something, man. At least try. You weren't trying, and you can't go up there and say James and I need help. Other guys have to step up, and don't soften it by saying, "Well, I got to be better as well." Nah, man, that ain't it. You don't throw your teammates under the bus like that. Not if you're the best player. Now, you did it with Simmons in 2021, but that was fair because Simmons literally threw the game away. You know, you said uh, there was a, well, the, the, the game changed for us when we had a wide-open layup and the guy threw the ball away. That was true. That was valid. 
you can't throw this on Maxi and Harris. When Tobias Harris is your best scorer, don't blame Tobias Harris. He had more points than you, bro. You had 15 and 8. Tobias Harris had like 19. Come on, man. James Harden had 9. He had 10 more points than the guy you are trying to shield as well when throwing it, when, you know, shooting shots at everyone else. Maxi is like a third year, fourth year player. So the experiment with Maxi now, like, you don't. Maxi is a guy where, uh, like I said, he's super young, and this the next season will, you know, we can just start to kind of form our opinions on, where we'll start to form opinions on Tyrese Maxi because again he's super young. He's finally, you know, he balled out last year in the playoffs. Um, oh, you know, when yeah, when he could, he he, he played very well. It was uh, you know great to watch, and this year he was very good as well. But he's playing third fiddle to uh and he's not even a st- he's not a star you know maxi's ceiling as currently con- as currently constructed is borderline all-star slash injuries of all-star now because he's playing with two all-stars it's you know it's it's tough to get three all-stars on a team from the same team excuse me so doc getting fired now i'll bring this back to doc doc getting fired is the wrong move because Daryl Morey and James Harden have a relationship, which is fine, but I, I'm just speculating here. I don't know the facts. Uh, I've just been watching First Take, NBA Today, you know, all these like shows and where they talk about it. And I saw that out of the uh, coaching candidates, Mike D'Antoni's on that. Um, I'm not saying James Harden got him fired, and I saw Stephen A's take, but I would, uh, I don't agree with Stephen A on much, and I'm. I'm still annoyed with Stephen A because he trashes LeBron all the time and with that stupid Mount Rushmore take. Hey, Stephen A, boo you. But Stephen A, I think there's there's validity. I'm not saying he's right. I'm saying there's there's validity in saying that James Harden probably went to Daryl Morey and said, you know, hey, maybe we should get rid of Doc and bring in Dan Tony. But until we see who, what coach they hire next, we'll have to see what happens. And James Harden is entertaining the idea of Houston more and more. And he's going to leave and leave the impression on his teammates that you're not the problem, uh, I'm not the problem, it's you, which is so stupid. And if he goes to Houston, it'll only be for one thing, money. This guy, you know, it, it's clear. Uh, I don't think James Harden cares about winning. I think he just cares about his party life, and I think he cares about his money, which is fair. You know, you, you like what you like. You know, it's it's good to you know, it's nice to get paid. It's nice to earn your money and and create wealth for your for yourself and your family, and it's nice to enjoy the part of your life. But also, um, when you're a professional athlete, especially if you are a elite player, like I said, you are a top seventy five player. Your will to win gets questioned, and we are allowed to do that. And he's not going to hear this because he doesn't know me. But I'm going to say it anyway. I don't think James Harden has the will to win. I don't. That's just me. And if you want to hop in my mentions and say, you know, I think you're wrong, then please, you know, feel I'm always down to have a conversation with people and go back and forth on opinions because that is, uh, I think that is the beauty of sports media. We can engage and express our opinions uh, and, you know, and, and come come to an agreement or come to a, agree to disagree and hear each other out in a, perf- in a nice manner. Not on Twitter, though, if you... <laughs> You know, sometimes on on some most of the time on Twitter, like eighty percent of the time on Twitter, it's just a bunch of trolls, which is hilarious when you watch it. But 
um, I guess when you're like me who tries to engage as much as I can in NBA Twitter, it's rough, man. It is rough. So, yeah, uh, Doc Rivers, bad firing. Uh, who they bring in next, I have no clue. There are so many coaches who just recently got fired. And I was just talking about it with my dad. And he said, uh, it is very interesting that so many coaches got fired this year. And where, what, what, what sparked this? How many of those were valid? How many of those were where we, uh, as from as spectators, we say, okay, that, you know, maybe it's good to get rid of that, uh, to uh, move on from that coach. Nick Nurse, interesting, I don't know. Coach Bud, ooh, that's a, that's a rough one because he did. That one has the most validity, I'd say. Because he just he refused to adjust uh, against Miami, and Spo was just like, "You're not going to adjust, Pfft. all right? This is a cakewalk, you know. This is easy for me." So there's that. Uh, who else got fired this year? Monty, Monty just got fired, and I'll talk about that um, soon. Actually, you know what? I'll talk about that next, and I'll talk about the Warriors last. Monty Williams firing. Now this one is interesting. Because when you look at it, you can make the case that this one made sense. As well, uh, yeah, this one made sense. In the three years you have been with the team, now you do have a 63% win record. Amazing stuff. You turned that team around. It all started in the bubble. You went 8-0 in the bubble. Uh, you didn't make the playoffs because of seedings and all that stuff. But you established a winning, a, a culture of winning. You know, and you... In 2021, you beat the injured Lakers. Yeah, and I'm going to sound petty because I don't like the Phoenix Suns. I don't really, I don't even know if I like anybody on the Phoenix Suns. Maybe Monty was the only guy I actually like on the Phoenix Suns. But because he's on the Phoenix Suns, I'm going to have to throw shade and make Monty hold some corn. And, you know, I don't like Devin Booker. If if any of y'all follow me on Twitter, you know for a fact I do not like Devin Booker at all. But in 2021, you beat, uh, you know, you beat the defending champion Lakers, injured, you uh, who were injured. You beat a injured a Nuggets team. You beat. You basically went uh, five on one against the Joker and swept him. MVP Joker as well. Then you beat a in, in sorry an injured uh, Clippers team without Kawhi, and they push you to six games. Paul George kind of shakes off the pandemic P allegations and and uh, dust, but hey, you know. You guys beat the injured Clippers, and then you go up against a healthy Bucks in the finals, go two up with home court advantage, and lose four straight and lose a series. Devin Booker has two 40 balls, loses, and then follows it up with a stinker in game six, and a terrible game three as well. So that was that. In 2021, no, 2022, excuse me, you are the number one seed, the only team with 60 wins, and you lose, you blow another two-zip lead that goes to Game 7 where you get pummeled by Luka Doncic and Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie, it, you know? On paper, you guys should have won that one, and the only reason I picked against the Suns is because, one, Luka was my guy. He's not my guy anymore because I'm annoyed with his antics in the regular season with Kyrie and all that stuff. Not even with Kyrie, just without Kyrie is constant complaining all that stuff. But that's a conversation for another time when I probably do a uh, 2024 preview or, you know, an evaluation of the season as a whole. But, you know, you have to win that series. You you don't. You lose in horrendous fashion. Monty goes up on the stand. You know, you, you DeAndre Orton just 
DeAndre Ayton, excuse me, refuses to play. You say it's internal that uh, DeAndre Ayton refused to play. And then in the off-season... Oh, no, training camp, sorry. Ayton says, hey, uh, well, not hey, but he you know, tells the media he hadn't spoken to Monty since Game 7. So leading us to speculate and also kind of see that there is a clear disconnect between Monty Williams and DeAndre Ayton. And then the woes of the Suns kind of kept going when DeAndre Ayton... DeAndre Ayton, why can't I can't just can't really say his name, can I? Uh, DeAndre Ayton comes up as a restricted free agent, and Indiana makes an offer, and then Phoenix matches it in like what five minutes they matched that uh, deal and kept him, which was really odd because it is clear that they don't like him, or at least they don't want him there, and he doesn't want to be there, and you know. He can't be traded in a year, and when he can be traded, he you know he has to, it has to be to a place he wants because he'll have final say over where he gets traded. So you know, and then it, the the year is very up and down. Uh, Devin Booker plays pretty good, you know, plays very well actually. Then you get new management. Oh, and before new management, uh, leading up to new management, the whole Robert Sava thing comes out, which was horrendous, and he's a terrible person, and I hope. We never see him, we never hear from him again. Then you get new management, and then they make a big splash and trade for Kevin Durant. They trade, uh, what, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, I forgot who else. A few other guys, a lot of other guys, and a lot of picks for Kevin Durant, who wants to go there. And me, personally, I said this was never, this is not going to work. They are too thin, they have no defense. CP3 is too old to carry that kind of offensive load in the playoffs to set everyone up because, you know, he is the floor general, quote-unquote, the point guard, quote-unquote, not to me. And, you know, just you, their plan was to do what the Brooklyn Nets did and show that you can't do that, and that is you cannot, you cannot go out there and just outscore people. You can't. It doesn't work. You have to defend. You can't just go out there and hope to score 140, but then try and hold another team when you have no defense to, you know, hold another team to 100, at least 139. It it doesn't work like that. Uh, well, you know, they get to the second round and then they lose in game in six games. You know, Devin Booker has two very good games, three and four, but by game five and six, he was exhausted. Kevin Durant tried, but like I said, this was never gonna work. It was never, ever going to work. And then Devin Booker, like the bum he is, uh, refuses to speak uh, in the, uh, you know, refuses to do his uh, post-game press conference. And now we're here where Monty's been fired. Now, Monty Williams has a stellar reputation as a player coach, as in, like, um, the way he connects to players on a human level, which is probably about, like, 60-70% of being a great coach, connecting with your players. The X's and no stuff, that's great. But in my opinion, I think you need to connect with these players so you can motivate them to play at their best and perform at an elite level every night, you know, let alone, you know, uh, uh, a game in March, you know, a Phoenix Suns playing against, you know, Orlando in March and, you know, the difference, uh, you know, playing then playing a game in the playoffs. Yeah, attitude matters, man. It matters. DeAndre Ayton and Monty had no real relationship 
and uh, it's just it's sad. And you know, the playoff meltdowns and failures matter. I think uh, you know that 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 plays a part in Monty's firing. I think this is also uh, what people call uh, new management syndrome, new owner syndrome, where new ownership comes in and they're just like, hey, we're going to reset everything. And usually when a team wants to reset, it starts off with the coach. I'd just like to also point out Matt Ishbia or whatever, he's a weird guy, <laughs> you know, because he used to play, he was like coming off the bench in D1 level basketball in the States and now he's an owner. And I think he wants to show that, hey, I'm a hands-on guy. And he's so hands-on that he just refused to give Joker the ball that one time. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, but, you know, I, regardless of what my opinion on him is, you know, it's nice to see a hands-on owner. And because he's taken over basketball operations. I think he's the president or general manager now of the team as well as the owner. So he wants to be very involved with the team, which is fun, I guess, which is nice. I don't know. So uh, I don't know where Monty goes now. If I'm, what I always say is that when you're a coach of a team with that much pressure and all, uh, all of that drama around you, it's good to take a break for a little bit. You know, it's cool that Mon. It's cool, you know, to take a break. You don't have to get into coaching immediately. So yeah, I'm. But I would like to. I think Monty, if the Sixers decide to keep Harden. I could I think Monty could get that team to a conference finals at least. I really do. Because he's a good coach. I think he will connect with that team. Uh the, the like but you know as the problem with any James Harden led team or j- a team with James Harden is you need to connect to James Harden and get him to perform. And if he doesn't perform, then you know your team isn't going to go very far. And and the game set in the second round, it's pretty far, but when you're a team that has the MVP and uh, uh, a top 75 play on your team, your uh, a game seven in the second round is considered a failure. And I'm not going to go on it about Giannis's comments about failure and all that stuff. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not one of those guys. I'm not a professional athlete. That's a failure for the 76ers. Who do the Suns bring in now? I have no clue. What they need... I think they have so many problems aside from just a coach. They need to get some complimentary 3 and D guys. Guys that can play defense and guys that can just make shots. If you can get a guy that can make average like 9 points only on threes, that's phenomenal. That'll be a that'll be good enough. You need guys that can average 9 points, 9 to 12 points on threes on, you know, just kickouts, run to the hoop type uh type plays when Devin and KD get doubled or you know swarmed that's what you need you need defense you need shooting they have enough shooting actually they need defense they need some serious size and defense especially now in the in the west where a lot of the players are where a lot of the elite players are big you need size you need size on saturday which was friday for people listening i guess overseas where According to my uh, Spotify, where I upload it, a lot of people in the states listen to it, so thank you. But uh, so on Friday, or uh, for you guys, Saturday for me, the Warriors lost Game Six in tremendous fashion to the Lakers, and um, I'm not gonna go on about this kind of LeBron ending the dynasty thing, but the dynasty is over. Uh, 
I'm a LeBron guy, so I'm happy. You know, LeBron finally got that one on Steph and the Warriors, you know, on an even playing field. LeBron shows that, you know, when when we're on an even playing field, uh, I I am better than you. My team, you know, I can my team can win with me opposed to your team winning with you. So now the Warriors go into the offseason with so many questions about their whole team. The one the, there is one constant that the Warriors have which will keep them competitive and that is they have the greatness that is Stephen Curry. Klay Thompson was terrible and he is now in the final year of his deal and a player of his stature will be looking for a big extension. Draymond Green I think has a I want to say $28 million uh, player option, which he, you know, we'll see what he does. If he opts in, cool, you know, he'll, and then he'll probably look to get an extension. And then, or if he opts out, he will request a new deal for a large chunk of money. And the Warriors also have the problem, the problem child, which is Jordan Poole who is owed an average of $32 million across the next four years. They have so many options and but ju- just with, they have so many problems and options with those three alone. I'll talk about the others in a minute. Clay was terrible. Draymond, me, uh, so let me start with Clay. Clay was terrible, but he is the part of the core of that team, the core three, which is Steph, Clay, Draymond. He is one of the greatest shooters of all time, top three, top four. But his his health uh, has shown that he cannot be the same player. He is coming off he's coming off an ACL and Achilles injury, and he was great. He was good last year, but now he's older, and we have seen now that he can't defend in the same way, and also he he, he can't make shots the same way he used to. So I don't think they'll trade him, but the Warriors have, uh, well, according to reports from Shams, uh, if the Warriors want to keep him, Clay's gonna have to take a pay cut. I don't know if I th- I don't know if Clay wants to do that. If he wants to, great. If he doesn't want to, it's gonna be fun because now with the new CBA, there's gonna be uh heavy penalties for going into the tax, where the Warriors have shown that they are ha- more than happy to go in deep into the tax, but. Now the new collective bargaining agreement will uh, probably put a lot of restrictions and penalties for going that deep into it. Draymond Green. Now Draymond Green is probably the alpha on the team. I don't. He he is the heart and soul of the team. Steph is the head of the team. He's the leader. But Draymond Green, they follow Draymond Green. The problem now is that Draymond Green lost a lot of authority, if not all authority in the locker room, when he decided to sucker punch Jordan Poole in front of the whole world. That, that, that's a whole thing by itself. But Draymond Green lost a lot of authority. You can see it in the way uh, the Warriors play, the way the Warriors respond to him. It's not the same. So Draymond Green has a player option, most likely will opt out and request a new deal, and the team will have to decide. The the Warriors need to decide, are we sticking with Jordan Poole, are we sticking with Draymond Green? And Jordan Poole, I think, there is a correlation between his lost confidence and terrible play and the punch. 
I think there is a connection, uh, a straight line c- connection there. But again, you, uh, you're paying a guy $128 million, you have to show up. You can't. I saw uh, Kevin Wiles from First Things First. He tweeted out, isn't it funny that the guy that the Warriors played $128 million to is playing deep garbage minutes in a closeout game when the series is over? That is, that's telling. That is very, very telling. And also, I'm I'm not blaming Steve Kerr. In fact, I think Steve Kerr handled his post-game press conference very well, saying that this team maxed out, this was never a championship team, and he's right. People only said the Warriors are champions because they're the Warriors. You know, it's like, oh, well, they have Steph. They'll make it work. They have Clay and Draymond. They have that core. If they have that core, the Warriors, you know, you can never count out the Warriors. Uh, my position on it was when a team loses that 30 road games uh, in a season as defending champions and uh, fall into the six seed, chances are that team's not going to go far in the playoffs. I never thought they were going to make the finals. And when they matched up against the Lakers, I said, well, there's no way they're beating the Lakers. Dalvin Ham coached circles around Steve Kerr. The Lakers were deeper. And Steve Kerr just didn't trust anybody else on that team except for the five guys. six Aside from, like, maybe six guys. Steph, Clay, Draymond, uh, Dante DiVincenzo, and I guess Kevon Looney. But Kevon Looney was sick and unhealthy and, um, like, n- not unhealthy, sorry. He was just not healthy. His, you know, body wasn't the same because he was dealing with injuries or illness or whatever. So, the Warriors have to make a lot of decisions. You need to build a quality team around Steph Curry now. Uh, Jordan Poole, if I'm the Warriors, get rid of Jordan Poole, man. But the problem with getting rid of Jordan Poole is that his market is so low. So low. So goddamn low that, honestly, if if you want to trade him, it's not we're trading him for pieces, it's we're trading him to get rid of him. I don't know if a team wants to do that because you have to make the money match. You have to make the assets match to do that. You know, you, they're probably going to keep Draymond. Steve Kerr just said as well, uh, looking at my phone right now because I'm on Twitter, just wanted to see anything, you know, if anything came up. Uh, we cannot, we are not competitors if we don't have Draymond Green. That's basically what he said. Uh, I agree. I agree. Draymond Green does so much on offense and defense. Now, whether or not it works or not, they run so much through Draymond. Draymond Green is the anchor of the defense. Draymond Green is the anchor on the offense. You get rid of him, you're basically saying, Steve has to reset. Because Draymond Green does so much. He's the one who waits on the elbow, waits in the middle of the paint, and waits for Steph and Clay to come off pin downs and gets them the ball. Like He's looking for cutters. He's not a scorer. They don't need him to score. So, you know, we, we, they got to get rid of Jordan Poole and try and get back anything that you can flip into something useful. Now you also have the Moses Moody problem, which is, do you get rid of Moses Moody? He's a second-year player, I think, or a third-year player who isn't very good. Do you just bank on the fact that Moses Moody will be will improve next year? I don't know. Jonathan Kaminga has expressed extreme disinterest uh, at the fact that he's getting uh, less minutes and he wants to play. But Jonathan Kaminga fouls a bit too much, a bit too athletic, and against the Lakers would have gotten eaten up by Anthony Davis, even though he can shoot. But you leave him open, you know? He's one of those guys where, like like Gary Payton II, he can hit down, hit, make shots and all that stuff, but 
you leave him open, then you and then you leave him open on a few shots, and then you see what goes on from there. He's not a threat. Now the Warriors have to. It's weird because this is almost like you are answering questions almost for a team that's rebuilding. But like I said, they've got Steph Curry, and the dynasty is not over, and the Warriors will remain the Warriors as long as Steph Curry is there. Or if they just, you know, if they don't make the playoffs next year, then, you know, we can talk about it. But, yeah, I don't know what the Warriors can do. Because I think Bob Myers is also coming up on his... He needs to negotiate contract his contract or whatever. So, the Warriors got to do something. Kaminga's probably going to ask to leave to go somewhere. I know we said he's going to participate in a lot of summer league. Not summer league. Summer basketball to gain interest from other teams to trade for him. Which is cool, you know, that I, I, I can appreciate a guy who wants to work and um, play himself into a trade asset to get himself moved away, you know. If you want to leave, you got to, you know, you got to show teams that you, you you are serious. But yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with the Warriors. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll leave it f- on that for now. It is 12, uh, 12, 12 p.m., uh, about, you know, 18 minutes from the start of the Nuggets-Warriors games. Uh, Nuggets uh, Lakers games, excuse me, game one of the Western Conference Finals. Uh, it is fun to have the bubble rematch again. I will say that for those who want to say the bubble was a fluke, look at this year. It's not a fluke. So quick prediction: Lakers guy, Lakers in. I'm predicting Lakers in seven. I say Lakers will take game one. Again, they're gonna play their hardest. They're gonna, they're gonna, throw. They're gonna land the first punch on the Nuggets, and it's gonna be a huge back and forth. Game. It's going to be a huge back-and-forth series. Michael Malone is probably my favorite coach in basketball right now. You know, even uh, over Darvin Ham. Uh, the Joker is one. He's my second favorite player to watch, you know, aside from LeBron. I, I love the Nuggets. I love the Lakers. I'm very happy that I get to watch both these teams compete because whoever wins, I want the Lakers to win. I'll be very sad if the Lakers lose, but I won't be as sad and angry if the Nuggets won either because I love I love the Nuggets. I love I've loved them since 2019. You know, I've enjoyed watching them play when the Joker kind of burst onto the scene. So anyway, uh thank you all for listening to the end podcast. Uh follow me on Spotify, share us follow me wherever you get your podcasts, share this podcast, like all that uh great stuff. Every ounce of support is always appreciated. Follow me on Twitter at Niesmeister, and I'll see you guys next time. 